my lovely girlfriend and I were hanging out with Andy on a green rooftop that nice. had like soil put down and the soil was so deep that our lawn chairs kept sinking into the bottom. Yes, yeah, a problem. But it was so bizarre because we were sitting there looking at the skyline and looking at the stars and it hit me that we were in Chicago and that's what ruined the dream for me because I looked at Andy and said, why in the hell am I hanging out with Andy in, in Chicago? Chicago. <laughs> yes, that's good. That was it. That was going to be my open. Well, then let's start the show. For those who do not know, the biggest wrestling spectacular, names from all over the country, former champions, I've never seen anything like it. Eddie Graham, Florida Promotion, Vern Gagne, superstar Billy Graham, Road Warriors, Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee. Bill Watts, Jerry Jarrett. Dory Funk, Harley Race, uh, Nick Bockwinkle. This is Cigars in Conversation with Derek St. Holmes, Esquire. Hello and welcome to Cigars and Conversations, brought to you by our friends at Astro Radio Z and iTunes. I am your co-host, Jay Gilkay, and I'm sitting here with a true raconteur in the world of professional wrestling. This man has shared the ring with a who's who of talent that ranges from the Jollyville Jeeper, or Jollyville Jeepers? Yeah, it's a tag team. Oh, the Jollyville Jeepers, they're a tag team, to Mikey Medallion, a wrestler, manager, commentator, and a trainer who's contributed essays to wrestling publications and once broke his hand at age 14 at a martial arts tournament. With 20 years of experience, he is a true renaissance man with unlimited knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, I am speaking of the one, the only, the incomparable Derek St. Holmes, Esquire. What's up? I've been 13. I don't know. 13 or 14? But I did break my hand. Yes. Uh, Is it like the boxer's break? Or was it like a more... Uh, yeah, it was the boxer's break because it was the last two bones of my hand. As I was telling young Kyle, um, it was a breaking demonstration. Instead of coming down over the middle of the board, I came down over the part of the board that was on the cinder block. Okay. But didn't know I broke my hand, promptly picked my hand back up, broke the two boards, went and sat down, and just said, oh, I don't have any knuckles anymore. Then <laughs> That's pretty nuts. Yeah. Well, at least your hand's good now, right? Yeah, I got better. It, it does still have a slight curve to it. See, you can see how that hand is nice and straight sure. across there. This one still has the curve. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Especially when you move it. Well, I just, so you can see it better. I, I mean, I can see it from here, but I don't know your vantage point. Well, it looks good. As far as hands go, I think it looks like a great hand. Yes, I found the slight curvature of the hand adds to, you know, there's a lot of flat Self, handers out there too. You got to watch out for the flat handers. They're out there. They want to accuse. They just want to say that you're always just going to have a flat hand. You know what I mean? No. If you look at your hand flat, you can see there's a drop-off point. That was a uh, comment that we always put like over Conan the Barbarian, the first one in 1982, yes. which I saw in the theater. Like when his John mom Milius. when his mom gets killed and the kid's just looking, it's like, have you ever looked at your hand? I mean, really looked at your hand? That was some like pre mystery science. And then stuff. you then you can repeat that when he goes to do that lovely little sword kata after he gets yes. uh, 
healed from the tree of woe? Have you ever, have you ever looked at your head? Have you ever listened to the dr- uh, drunken Arnold Schwarzenegger commentary on that disc, on that DVD? No. It's great. Is he really drunk? He's got to be. That's awesome. It's really, really good. I mean, he starts out by uh, say like, he's like, hello, this is John Milius. And then he goes, if you believe that, I have a bridge I can sell you. And then, <laughs> you know, like, and everything's <laughs> funny. And then it's always talk. Oh, there's Franco. Oh, and, you know, he's all talking about everybody in the, uh, the Franco, movie. And he's then, a little boy. I give him the wrong advice. Well, that was the he's talking about the the kid that plays him. And he's like, oh, it's like a, he's like a little girl down there. He's so like so feminine. So I'm a bad on a short singer impersonation. But uh, it is a good commentary if you can get your hands on that DVD. It's a great movie. Saw it in the theater. Uh, I got to see um, Conan the Destroyer in a double feature at the drive-in with Rambo. As did I, but it was Firestarter. Ooh, nice. Yes. George C. Scott. Nice. And I remember just watching that being, what is this? Yeah. Again, just one of those where it kind of like when I saw Xanadu. Just like, I'm so, what's it? what the hell is this shit? The, um, all these years later, looking back and realizing. That Tracy Gordon guy, is that his name? The. Which one? Uh, he paid, played the comedy relief. Yes, and yes, Conan, yes. Tracy From something. Repo Man and everything. Oh, I just... Uh, no, yeah. he didn't need to be there. The princess, Olivia, Olivia Diabo, Dabo. G- later to go on and be the sister on uh, Wonder Years? Mm, no, wait. Yes? No, because there were sisters. There was Olivia Diabo and then Miriam Diabo. I think it's the same one, bro. Young Kyle. Kyle, check it out. He's going to look it up. The Wonder Years. Conan look for the, the cast. Conan the Destroyer. Look up the the woman. I swear to God, she was on the Wonder Years. No, I'm saying there was a Diabo woman on there, but I don't know if they were the same or if they were sisters. Because I know is there that were two biting of them. edge thing that we do here. Is, I'm still uh, pissed over Jerry Butler dying. Yes. Um, so I mean, I knew when Harry Reams died. I announced that to everyone. Yes. Okay. So what are you looking at the cast of? Um, can you Welcome click on her and see her about wrestling, ladies and Click gentlemen. on her. Okay, so look we at her filmography. Wrestling content. I want to see if she was the actress we've been on the Wonder Years. with our trivia. Uh, was she the, the daughter on the Wonder Years? Have destroyed conversation in the modern age. Previously, this subject would be attacked Television. with numerous conversations yes. and discussion. Carol Arnold. It was the princess. Was Carol Arnold on the Wonder Years? Okay. Okay. I know, but you were saying no. I'm excited. I, I'm I thought they were. There are still two Dabo women. Okay. One's named Miriam. One's Babo Dabo, and the other one's uh, Miriam Dabo. Babo Dabo. <laughs> pretty pretty nice, wouldn't it? Hey, you're a wrestler. Babo Dabo's in jail, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you're a wrestler. Sometimes. From last time I checked. Sometimes. And I was curious about this because your uh, your character and who you are. Told you, told you, there's another Dabo. <laughs> this will conclude our Dabo sister podcast. Goodbye. You, um, you, your your character. How would you describe the Derek St. Holmes? What your guy? Your who you are? Nick Bockwinkle. Nick doing <laughs> a, a Nick Bockwinkle. Yeah, there you go. Uh, scientific, right? Yeah. Um, definitely uh, one who plies... The... Seemingly arrogant, but I'm just merely confident in my abilities. Yes. So today I thought we'd talk about uh, match gimmicks 
And okay. I could see how that, well, I know, but I would could see how this would kind of go against your character. You're not much of a, like, you're not, I mean, you've had street fights, you've had cage matches, you've had those type of things. Right. But um, do you, well, how do you feel, like, as a performer, how do you feel about that stuff? I mean, I know you think there's a time and a place for it. Yeah, as we, I believe we discussed on one of our uh, question episodes, which we need to have another one. So send, next in, one. send in your That'll be the next one. cards and letters and telegrams and... But like whatever random posts on you were websites, um, you were a part of the heyday of the real blood and guts here in Milwaukee, weren't you? Yeah, like, but I wasn't a participant. I, I was right. I was the token wrestler, right? And that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Is like, so would you sit back and see all that stuff and just be like, "This is bonkers"? Like, well, I didn't your... understand it because there wasn't a storyline building up. To it just it. would happen. Yeah, like yes, it it would just happen. But as I said, any gimmick match or stipulation match is a result of the storytelling up to that point. Right. So, like, my character would have no problem being in one of these matches had there been a storyline building up to that point. Right. But you're not going to see me coming out in jeans and hiking boots at the next show just to do a slice and dice just to do it. Right. And that's what a lot of that was going on in those days. It was just every... I mean, because it got to a point where lots of matches on the card were slice and dice, right? Yes. And yeah, then, and it, to me, it just didn't make any sense. How did you fit into that? Like, I know you were the wrestling guy, but I mean, like, were you like the first match? I'm assuming they would. Yeah. Would they? Yeah. They never put you out there. Like, there'd be some like bloody rue fest, and then you wouldn't have to go out and wrestle through it. Would you? No, that that happened. Okay. So I would be the, like the come down like, kind of. Yeah, like the sorbet. Yeah. That's how I still approach it. Is I'm the sorbet to wash off for the rest of the show. And you like. Or not that you like it, but like you understand you like it. it if it's put in in the right way. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I guess so then what we're going to talk about today is gimmick matches and our, kind of... Our gimmick matches. Our? No. What we're going to talk about today, our gimmick yes, matches. Yes. What I say? Is. Oh, we're going to talk about it. Is, yeah, I guess. He's a teacher. Yes, I'm a that, teacher. Yes, that's what... Yes. Well, I guess I think I go either way, teacher, though. Teacher, teacher, can you teach? Not if you're going to do a plural... No, but we're talking. What we're talking about today is gimmick. The topic. The topic. The topic, the topic is, is gimmick, gimmick matches, matches. But we're going. The things we're going to talk about right. are gimmick, gimmick matches. matches. We're going to talk about our gimmick matches, not our. No. I also hated this when uh, in the d- discussion of music, or yes. like when there would be a crawl on the screen on MTV. It would be like Metallica. Uh, Metallica are blank 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 oh, blank. Sure. But it's like, no, the name of the band is singular, so that would be Metallica is, is blankety-blankety-blank. I could see that. So that's what frustrates me. Much like when, you know, the early days of CD sales, when you would go to, say, Woodman's to buy your CDs. Yes. And Jethro Tull would be filed under T. Right. Like it's his, like it's a guy named Jethro Tull. Well, which it actually is, the inventor of the seed plow. But the band is named Jethro Tull, so that would right. be under he J. He never played. He wasn't on stage with the seed plow. You don't know that. Uh, okay, Could well, then that would be right. With it. If he did that, then that would be right. I doubt he played uh, Thick as a Brick, though. So when it comes to gimmick matches, do you have a guilty pleasure of one that you enjoy watching? Is there one that you like, like will be like, oh, I, this is one I really enjoy? No. Uh, I mean, not anymore. 
No, was there again, something? It's, it's the yeah, it was always the Magnum TA. The I quit. Yeah, which okay. we've covered right, absolutely times. a million times before that. But uh, no, because it's a function of the storytelling. Of course, now I'm when I'm watching a match, especially if it is a stipulation or a gimmick type match, I'm looking at how they work the gimmick into the match. Right. Right. And it becomes... You sure we've never covered this before? We did cage matches. Okay. So, and I'm going to stay away from some of the more obvious ones. And I'm going to throw some... I want to throw some word association out there today on some of these matches. Cake? Well, no. Like actual wrestling stuff. And I want... uh, Mother. (laughs) You ate chocolate cake just now at Kyle's house. None of us are wearing shoes. That's because it's Kyle's house. You talked to your mom this weekend. Yes, I did. See? Not at no, Kyle's house. Not at your, my mom better not be at your house. Yes. Um, so I'm going to throw some things out there, some matches, some gimmick matches. Yes. And then we're just going to kind of riff a little bit here and be like, what do we do? We remember, are there any that stick out in our head that we think of when we think of this match? Mm-hmm. And then we'll have a larf. And then uh, <laughs> that's a laugh. Oh, I thought it was live action role. No, that's LARPing. That's live action role playing. Yeah. Much like wrestling. Yes. Um, and then we will uh, we'll have a good uh, couple moments. We'll talk about them. We'll wax nostalgic, and then we'll move on to another one. Okay? Okay. So let's start out uh, scaffold match. Hate them. I think they're. I think hate them. I think in theory it's like a neat spectacle, but there's nothing good about it whatsoever. Correct. Because they're all and scared. being a worker. What the hell? Why I'm would like, you do that? Yeah. 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 I think uh, this is Kyle. Are you familiar with the scaffold match? I've never seen one, but I know what the general concept is. So here's my takeaway as a young child or as a person, the one I would, Derek laughing. It was always, so the heel would climb up and like be scared. Yep. And they'd be on their hands and knees. Yep. The baby face would have to fake that they're not scared. Yep. And kind of hobble over to them. Yep. And then to fight them, the baby face would then literally have to be like, I guess I have to get down on my hands and knees too so we can both just punch each other on our hands and knees. And then someone gets punched and ends up like kind of like... Which builds up to the monkey bar spot. Right, which would always like someone goes down or there's always like the runaround at the beginning who's climbing up the the scaffolding and then someone climbs up the scaffolding to get away and then they come back. But it never was... And then at the end, the baby faces would... uh, stand on top of the scaffolding teetering <laughs> pretending like they're st- stable and hold their hand up and then quickly get their asses off of it was that that's oh, pretty yeah. much it yeah the only notable thing is the starcade 86 night of the skywalkers with the road warriors against midnight express yes hawk worked that with a broken ankle did he really yeah like broke his ankle in a japanese tour the week before but was wow. part of this pay-per-view so Doc, give me a uh, give me some Novocaine and was that the one a handful where, of pills and we're gonna get through this. Was that the one where Cornette broke his leg or hurt his leg too because Bubba didn't catch him right? Possibly. No, so, no, no. That was against the Rock and Rolls. That was against Rock and Roll. Yeah. Okay. So this uh, Night of Skywalkers was pre Bubba. Okay, gotcha. So I believe so. What one of the things that happens too in a very unrealistic fashion, Kyle, is that inevitably somebody is kind of getting pushed off the side. And they conveniently like grab underneath the so they're hanging monkey bar style underneath the scaffolding. 
And then they hang there for a few seconds and the crowd gets excited. And then that person falls on the mat and takes the butt bump or the whatever kind of bump. Uh, but there was the one where Cornette took the bump and Big Bubba was supposed to catch him and kind of missed him. And did he break his leg? Uh, blew his knee out. Blew his knee out doing it. So um, insurance purpose-wise uh, <laughs> and whatnot, scaffold matches were just pretty much like a Jim Crocker promotions thing, right? Would you no, say? No, not at all. No? Started in Tennessee. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. But so it's that southern, that eastern southern. It wasn't like they weren't doing it in New York. They weren't doing it. Okay, whatever. What? That that eastern, southern, mid, mid Atlantic. only not north. Yeah, like Carolinas. Just, yeah, just how Carolinas to, get there. Jo- to across and then down kind of. that. But that wasn't like a, New York never did it. No. Um, I can't, well, New York wouldn't do it because their people were so much bigger. Right. And, I mean, the only time I, I think I feel like the only time I ever saw scaffolding outside of, like, Memphis or Georgia or some mid-Atlantic state was in Japan during, like, FMW when they would do, like, the scaffolding and onto, like, spider web. Yeah, but they would, yeah. Which was ridiculous. Yeah, it was a, it was a booking trope. Yes, but it wasn't... It, no, because it's so dangerous. It's I just mean, like, you're yeah, going gonna to wreck sense. your people, yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't make sense, and... Allegedly, what was it? Jerry Jarrett and Don Green did the first one in Memphis. But if you go back and look at it, the scaffold's only like seven feet above the ring, and so it's it, not. It, that. It's it's done very differently than you know the weird ones. It just it, the with the heels inevitably some for some reason or another like get chased around and then like feel like there's no other place to go. So they climb the scaffold. Well, yeah, but that's important to any sort of gimmick match like that. that the heel has to appear unwilling to cooperate with the match. Right. It has to be coerced into being put at that disadvantage. Right. Right. This is, I guess, a psychology question in general. Does it always have to be that way? Well, nothing always has to be that way, but that's the way to make sense because then you get that initial pop of, okay, now the heel's at a disadvantage. Now the baby's going, oh, this this isn't going to take long. The baby's going to reign supreme. They get a small shine, then they get cut off, and then they work to the rest of the match. So it doesn't have to be that way, but in order to get your maximum peaks and valleys, yes, you need to do that. Um I have seen, especially the strap matches happen, where the heel jumps the baby, gets them beat down, puts the strap on it, blah, 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 blah. But then you still need that comeback from the baby or else it turns into a squash match. And you'll have a pop at the finish, but it'll only be here. It won't be up here. Yeah. Oh, and that makes... I could see that. Or the Mike Myers ripping on Lorne Michaels of, it got a laugh. But did it get the right kind of laugh? laugh? Right, right. So it got a pop, but did it get the right pop? You know. The um and another one we've talked about because you just brought it up would be that uh, Wayne's World. Wayne's World and um, saw them both in the theater. night at the Roxbury. Didn't see that. Me neither. The you brought up the strap match. We've already talked about that in the past in some of our previous podcasts and like the chain match and the strap match and all that. We've already d- discussed about the touching the corners. Um, the pin, yada, 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 all the different right. uh, iterations of it. Uh, we talked about strap match. I don't know if we ever talked about a country whipping match. Yeah, let's talk about a country whipping match. 
Well, that's the well. The gimmick for that is instead of being joined by a strap, you've got people on the outside that have. It's like the lumberjack. Yeah, lumberjack match, except they've all got belts or straps to right. You know, beat whatever there. And uh, I've been in those. The best thing to do is just dive right in, take your licks, and get back in the ring. Because yeah. if they all gather around you, chances are they'll be hitting each other more than they hit you. So <laughs> just dive right in. So you've actually it. been in a country whipping match. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there are stories of shows in the South where they let the fans come up with the right. belts. But they made the mistake of there was a biker gang. That oh, came up. So instead of you know only hitting the heel, they were just swinging at anything that came out. Yeah, so, yeah, that's pretty funny. Got to kind of keep that under control. I can see the, I you know, and I think uh, maybe I've changed not changed my mind fully, but when we talked about like the touching the corners with the straps, yes, and I previously said I didn't like that. I mean, I, it builds the tension, and I get it. Yes, but um, I guess. That seems, after watching a couple strap matches, after we talked about that, I think that that is just more focused when it comes to, um, like, there's just the more tension and storytelling when it comes to that, and that's why that worked, I guess. Well, it worked, but the problem was uh, everybody tumbled to the gimmick of, you know, they touch the corner at the same time except for the last one, and then somehow the baby takes over. Right, and just gets so, that. So, again, these things work. If you see them once a year, right? But once once you get through the magic of videotaping, you can see all these matches. You're like, ah, here we go. Which leads me to a question about that, and I'm glad you brought that up. Hey, thanks. So you're watching the match, and I can say I've, I watched a few of them, like you said. So the heels dragging the baby around, the heel touches the corner, uh-huh. and then the baby touches the corner, and the ref signifies both of them have touched the corner, right? And then they go to the next corner, same thing. Does the <laughs> this is kind of a weird question? Doesn't the ref have the obligation to tell the heel that doesn't see like like hey you know he's touching the corner too like but he counts it out and he and it's just that the heel is not paying attention to what the, no they're focused Daddy. they're focused they're, on getting they're it already in, there and that's and they're not even thinking about that right okay I always thought that was like well I feel like the ref's kind of being a little bit ambiguous and vague standing back behind the heel. Because he sees the what's going on here, I would, like I think it would be neat if the ref stopped in and said, "Hey, listen, just so you know, he's touching the." He's but tapping that the would be too. impartial, though. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I mean, that could happen at Mondalucha, where anything happens and often does. That's true, but not in the confines of a professional wrestling ring. Yeah, three weeks almost totally sold out. Yep. Just gonna keep mentioning that, guys. Uh, probably by this time this airs, it will be sold out. Okay, but. So, Just so you know, if this airs the week of September, the more you talk about that, the more I think about how much bigger my envelope should be. Well, you got a pretty small role on the show this year. Okay. So. Well, <laughs> I already sold the tickets. What do you want? I'm just, it's all good. It's all good. Hey, uh, speaking well, of million dollar uh, face, that's true. Um, tuxedo matches. Sure. I love them. Yeah. I think yeah, it's but, a lot of fun. But those are often, there's a story behind them. They're built up. Right, right. Uh, one of my favorites was, uh, I think it was done in Mid-South, where it was the sharp-dressed man uh, was um, Butcher, or, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And I cannot remember who the other person was. Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase, yes. Yeah. And that was the sharp-dressed man one, right? Sure. Is that where they busted the car up? 
Yes, that was all part of part of a whole thing where there was some sort of fan poll that was being judged by applause. Uh, Very scientific. G- well, no, Jim Duggan won, so DiBiase, for some reason, like went out to the production truck to check the equipment they were using. Yes. And for some reason, from another storyline, like always carried a bat with him. Like that was his gimmick at the time. Yes. Uh, then got disgusted at the production truck, came out and said, oh, isn't that Hacksaw Jim Duggan's car over there? Right. And went over and busted out the the busted out the windshield. And then that somehow led to the tuxedo match. So gotcha. I'm missing a step in there. And um, uh, young Kyle has a question. Do you have a question, Kyle? Is the tuxedo match just like a brawn panties match? Essentially. Yes. Yeah. Essentially, that's the like evening gown match. Yeah. Uh, there's also, if you watch the history of the AWA, that's with the, the Crusher. Yes. So he would have tuxedo matches with Lord Al Hayes. And uh, I'm not sure who else he might have. No, no, I'm thinking when he took George Gadaski from under the ring, but he had the tuxedo matches with Al Hayes and probably with Bobby Heenan because right. Bobby was, Heenan. Exactly. And one of the big ones, and we mentioned it <laughs> big uh, ones. on previous podcasts, uh, Paul Jones, RIP, and Boogie Woogie Man did the, they always, there was like the tuxedo, they did that a lot. Yeah, didn't we just say they had one at? Starcade yeah, one something. of them. It was one of those. Yeah, might have been uh, Starcade. Yeah, event. well, number one, Paul Jones always wore the tux as a manager. Right. So it always kind of just incidentally, into that. Uh, the favorite story that's come out with the death of Paul Jones recently. Yes. Is apparently the saying at the time was nobody got more pussy than Paul Jones. Really. Very very prolific ladies man. He looked like good for him. Yeah, for sure. He um. Do you remember the movie Battle Beyond the Stars? Uh, I remember, I don't think I ever saw it. You remember Robert Vaughn? Yes. He reminded me of Robert Vaughn. Okay. That was always one of the, like, I think the hairstyle. Okay. Uh, was always, I think that's why it was drawn. Immaculate? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Nice not, little. Not s- quite Nick Bockwinkle Sandy Quaff across the top. Yeah. yeah but, uh, definitely, uh, Robert Vaughn yes. look to him. Uh, so... And the evening gown match, that goes back to, I mean, that's another one. It's the same deal. It's always the same thing, right? But yeah, I mean, you have to get stripped, you know, and ostensibly the just behind that was you got stripped down to your underwear wrestling trunks, and that was embarrassing for you. We talked about, um, I don't say tropes, but when I think of like world class or I think of Memphis, for some reason I think evening gown match, like Dark Journey. Missy Hyatt. Yes, because World Class was where they really capitalized on having the female valet. Right. Like, they had existed prior to that, but through the positioning of TV and as a character, like, the female valet really took off. Yeah. Incidentally, I'm not sure if you picked this up on your uh, little bridge that you recorded there, but Stella Mae French was Valerie, uh, Valerie we- Tanya West. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Wrestler. There you go. And that's for the... Um the mailbag segment that will be coming up later in the show. Sure. Hopefully he puts that on this one. Yes. Luckily, if not, it was on the other you know, one. Young Kyle doesn't really care anymore. That's he's, the problem. Yeah, he, right now he's just he's playing uh, Candy Crush on his phone while we're, while we're doing I this. I thought he was complaining. I was looking up number one Paul Jones. Okay. Yep. He died last week, week and a half ago maybe? Uh, no, two weeks ago. I like... Like, like just... Just after Bruno passed. I like that. Um, someone posted 
Paul Jones died, and rather than take their word for it, I text Derek right away and go, can you confirm this for me, please? And then he sends me the information. Yeah, but I thought that was so you could post it on the... No, that was because I only trust you. Oh, fair enough. There was a point, Kyle, uh, where whenever someone died in wrestling, Derek would always send a text to me, and it would say, like, Paul Jones, dead. Dead. So it was very prolific in his dead texts. Yeah, but see, then it died off because everybody died. Yes, and then it just became... Now it's getting down to, like, Ralphus. Right. Yeah. It's, Dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Hey, uh, hey what uh, What do you think hey, now? What do you think of um, arm wrestling, the arm wrestling matches? Well, it's good, but it's difficult. Like, the arm wrestling matches always lead to an angle or, right. or lead to a deal after that. Uh, we covered the one on Starcade, which was great. Right, which is brilliant. The the only one that I recall just off the top of my head that didn't lead to anything was the uh, 93 Milwaukee Clash of the Champions from the Mecca that okay. happened in the snowstorm where, was it Vinny Vegas? Vinny Vegas wound yeah. up arm wrestling Tony Atlas, but they made a big deal about it. It was with the left arm. Yes. And then Vinny Vegas won, and then they went to commercial. Speaking of which, did you see the post I put up about X-Arm, the Extreme Arm Wrestling Federation? Yeah. Did you see that, Kyle? Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, the one th- oh, where they're beating each other? Yeah, like just like they're tied together. And then there's a great part in it. So their hands are, they have like the, the arm wrestling strap on it. Yep. And then the host goes, and here it comes, the duct tape. And then they go off and they put over the duct tape like nobody's going to break their grip from this duct tape. That stuff, people use it for all kinds of things. And it's just like, it's fucking duct tape, man. Uh, From what I understand, there are two techniques used for... Are you going to tell me about the hand change grip like over the top? Oh, well, sure. (sighs) Yeah, I'm going to tell you about that and then I'm going to tell you about this. Uh... There's like the straight on, <laughs> no, and then, then you're gonna tell me about. Well, that. there's like a straight on, and then there's a hook. Yes. <clears throat> on the website oldtimestrongman.com, okay. which is uh, run by John Wood, who's the son of Kim Wood, who was the strength coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, who was one of the contributing authors to the recent Brian Pillman book. Any relation to Ron Wood from the Rolling Stones? One time he was selling a vintage uh, arm wrestling manual, like a how-to manual along with a specific training plan. And the gimmick was like the first 500 people that ordered also got a copy of Over the Top. Nice. So I would have been in on that. I didn't get it, but yeah, I I always thought I should have. That's pretty cool. But yeah, arm wrestling, that's always, you know, that's always been the traditional you know how you good way to prove your manlyhood right but it was a big man thing a muscle well it, it was a big man thing it was a muscle man thing now i refuse to do it because one uh it just looks like you're just trying to tear your rotator cuff out okay and then two that's the one thing I can't watch in like sports fail videos. Oh, it's like the breaking arm. Oh, yeah, that's, that's just oh, I I cannot watch that. I, I I just like 
I jam my eyes shut and I just wait to hear the oh, yeah. and then I know it's going to be done. Soon. I've really lost my stomach for all those like just kind of like fail videos and like breaking things and hurting yourself. I just don't have a stomach for it. Yeah, I used to for fun show people. Done. Well, I used to for like people would come over and I'd be like, you want to see crazy? Let's watch Bud Dwyer shoot himself in the the head. Yeah, I could see you do that. And. That, like I look back and I'm like, man, why would it like that's just so it's I can't even watch that stuff anymore. Yeah, getting old's a bitch, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Cigars and Conversations presents Mailbag. Dramatic readings of fan letters culled from the pages of classic wrestling magazines. This time we will be reading letters from the October. 1972 issue of Victory Sports Series, The Wrestler. The True Rookie. I've just seen a match between your so-called Rookie of the Year, the most overrated wrestler on the East Coast, Tony Gurria, and the most underrated one, Mike McCord. McCord had him beat real easy, when on the count of two, they rang the bell, stopping the match. Made it a draw, just so they would not disappoint Gurria's stupid fans. Wise up. The true rookie of the year is Mike McCord. Gary Hammond, Boston, Massachusetts. Editor's note. Mike Graham, not Tony Gurria, was our rookie of the year. Tony was voted WWWF top rookie by fans on the East Coast, not our magazine. The King's Life. I've been reading your magazines for a little more than six months now, and I think they're the greatest wrestling magazines in the world. How about doing more stories on The King, Ernie Ladd? He is the greatest wrestler ever. How about a This Is Your Life story on him? And keep up the good work. You guys are great, and so are your books. Aaron Waters, Hereford, Pennsylvania. Surprised. In a recent letter to your magazine, Michael Siegel wrote that Dr. X almost killed poor Bobby Heenan. I'm surprised because I don't think Bobby Heenan ever stopped running long enough for anyone to wrestle him, much less almost kill him. Please, have more Bruiser and Crusher articles, please. Samuel Honeycutt, Valparaiso, Indiana. Pedro's Life. Love your magazines. But there's just one thing long overdue, and that's a this is your life on the greatest champion wrestling is ever going to have, Pedro Morales. John Steinberg, New Haven, Connecticut. Hot Seat, El Santo. Your magazines are the best in the world. I especially like when you put a wrestler on the hot seat. I wish you'd put El Santo there or write an article about this famous wrestler and movie star from Mexico. If El Santo and Mil Mascaris would team up, they'd beat every so-called tag team in the world. El Santo never lost a match in his life. Martin Pacek, El Paso, Texas. Listen, Westerners. I've read so many sob letters from West Coast fans, it's sickening to me. These fans never say Bruno San Martino is a bad wrestler because they know he's great. That's for sure. Other great wrestlers are Chief J. Strongbow, Ernie Ladd, Pompero Furpo, Victor Rivera, and Gorilla Monsoon. Let me tell you Westerners something. I'd put my money on Bruno, Pedro Morales, and Strongbow in a tag match against any three wrestlers from the West. Brian Perry, 
Attleboro, Massachusetts. More old timers. Please accept my thanks for your write-up about Luthez and Buddy Rogers. Can you give us more stories about the old-time champions? Many of us old-timers like to hear about our old heroes, Strangler Lewis and the others. We'd also like to hear about Wilbur Snyder, the world's most scientific wrestler. We know he was a football player and a wrestler from Purdue University. Chester Cohn Sr., 73 years old, Indianapolis, Indiana. And finally, the fabulous Haystacks. Your magazines are the finest I've ever read. I went to Springfield recently and saw Mr. Fuji and Toru Tanaka versus Pedro Morales and Haystacks Calhoun. Let me tell you, Calhoun was fabulous. Tanaka and Fuji tried every dirty trick in the book, and nothing worked. In a recent issue, you had a story, Haystacks Calhoun, This Is Your Life. Please try to get another article on him. I'd love to read about him again. Ken Lentz, Manchester, Connecticut. Let's talk about the... Loser Eats Dog Food? Loser Eats Dog Food. Let's uh, talk often ab- done with uh, corned beef hash. Let's talk about the... Um, when we we have... Like, yes, this hardcore... Eh, I get it. What are, you, what are your thoughts on... Either a no holds barred, no count out, uh, or like a hardcore match. Like it's all the same thing, right? Like, is there anything that differentiates any of that stuff? Not in today's nomenclature. Like, what would be the difference between like a no holds barred and like a no disqualification? Anything, or is it just like another? Is it just? It was. Just, it was. Yeah, and, it was just marketing, and that's it. Yeah. Like, um, a good example of this is the Texas Death Match, which in the South would have been a match where you would score a pinfall and then there was a 10-second recovery period. Yes. And it's until you couldn't come back from that recovery period. Does that kill the finish? Hold on. I'm making a point here. Ouch. Which is opposed to when they would have Texas death matches in the WWF, which were merely no disqualification matches. Okay. But but it would be, then it would be, this is Texas death. You know, because it just sounded good. So that was just different for different areas. Now, okay, now back you to had my, a question. Back to my great question. Hey. The de- Texas death match where you pinned and then they had 10 seconds to answer the bell? Yes. Doesn't that kill the finish? Depends on what you use for a finish. I always felt like, because I, I feel like I've seen a bunch of those, and I always felt like the, uh, they would get to the point where it would just be sloppy pins. Yes. And then it would just be, and then eventually some guy just couldn't answer the, in fact, wasn't that. Yeah, that was that. No. That wasn't pin and answer the bell? No. Last Battle of Atlanta was a cage match. I understand that, but I thought. You are thinking of the last last sellout in Memphis in the Mid-South Coliseum. That's it, yes. Which apparently wasn't really a sellout. Okay. So, I don't know. But. It seems like, Kyle, are you familiar with that? Have you seen that kind of match? No, he hasn't. So, yeah, I know. It's just no, 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 no. So, you can... He's got a can life, be as many, man. Get off his back. There can be as many pinfalls. But so if you pin somebody, then they have 10 seconds to get up and answer the bell, and then the match continues. So it's kind of like... Yeah, like a exactly. La- yeah, but was la- is last man standing an actual pinfall, or do they just knock them down? And once they're laying down, the that like they get they come yeah, up. 
okay, so that could also be a taped fist boxing match. Yes. I mean, again, there's there's only so many things under the sun. It's all no, just marketing. And it's just like, how do we change that around and make yes. each one uh, its own thing? Um, speaking of the boxing, always... <laughs> my lady my lady can't wrestle, but you should sure see her box. Yes. Uh, think about, like, what about, like, all the weird, like, martial arts matches over like, time? Never, uh, well, there was, was judo there, jacket matches. Was there ever a good martial arts match? Yes. Like what? I'm just saying. I mean, like I feel like they 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 never they never seemed. They just did like the derivative stand in the karate stance, and then someone would like punch and kick. I feel like in my head I'm envisioning Larry Zabisco did a lot of these things. Did he? Well, so that was a poorly done one. But I'm thinking more of like the judo jacket matches that they would have. Explain. They would have in Florida with like Hiro Matsuda against another wrestler, and they would both have to wear the judo. Gi or yes. G, however they say that, and which, then, which led to a match. And then Matsuda was a would form just, of wrestling, and Matsuda would just wipe the mat with them pretty much until what? Until the finish came up, whatever that was. And then, then he'd lose. He uh, occasionally. Okay, I don't know. I've never seen yeah. one of those. I mean, I've I never seen one that. either. But it's you know, you just say martial arts matches. There's all sorts of. I mean, even the Taipei death match could be considered a martial arts match. Well. I guess. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's excessive. Uh, young Kyle, that's where they tape up your hands and forearms and they put hot glue on and uh, they you rub your hands in broken glass. So, but like, as far as the term hardcore, like I had never heard that as apply, applied to wrestling until, like, you know, the early 2000s. Right, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm late, trying to stay away from 90s. that terminology. Yeah, because it's like hardcore... I remember, like, the newspaper reporters that came around time, like, what about hardcore matches? Do you do hardcore matches? And it's right. like, that doesn't really, that's not really a label. Right. You know, right. that's just, that's a generalization. Well, and it's just like wild brawl was pretty much the, yeah. uh, you know, the way I always looked at before that. Um, are you a fan of the um, concession stand brawl, by the way? See, now that wasn't a match. I understand. But did you were you a fan of that angle or that that little thing or do you not care? I, I didn't really care at that point because I'd already been jaded and I like I didn't understand its point in history at the time when I first saw it. I feel like I saw it probably like late '90s, and by that time I'd already seen so much other right. ECW style stuff that it was like, oh okay, yeah, so these guys just fought and poured mustard on each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I felt. And that was, and then they tried to recreate it, though, didn't they? Several, times. several times over, even to the point where WCW would have them brawl into like a souvenir stand, but then they'd pull out to the wide shot and you'd see, oh, this souvenir stand is in a spot that's fenced off from the regular people, right? You know, so then I was like, ah, these are props. Yeah, Kyle, are you familiar with the? Yes, he's okay. Great, we got one there. That's good. Which was definitely, because um, I yeah, like you probably made him watch it. Ah, not really. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, was what about like a real tacky one? Like, was there one that's so convoluted, in your opinion? Oh, uh, what was that? That Hogan one, Ultimate Solution match or whatever. What was that? I don't even know what that was. Oh, that was some triple deck. It, that's when WCW was just off the rails. Yeah, and it yeah. was just like one of those like triple cages oh, well, or whatever. Actually, that was when Brian Pillman was really getting into his gimmick because he had showed up 
on like Nitro the week before and got a huge pop. So suddenly Hogan said, oh yeah, let's bill Brian Pillman for this match and he'll feel duty bound to show up. And Pillman was like, I'm not going to show up to this right, match. Right. I'm just going to have to job out. So screw you. Yeah. That is a uh, so story. that was pretty stupid. Now, again, all all stipulation matches are a result of the storytelling that has come into them. So I do I can't off the top of my head tell you the specifics, but I know there have been matches like a tag team match where all four men have a different stipulation assigned. Oh really? Like Ooh. if this person wins the match, they will get a title shot in the future. Sure. If this other person loses the match, they will get their head shaved. Right. If this other person wins the match, they get this, you know, so, so there's the ads. So multiple. there's been matches like that. And all these do are instill an emotional content to that person while they're in the match. match. Right, right. So you know, yeah, so you know what they're fighting for. Yeah. But again, that's the result of storytelling and how did you get there as opposed to this, hey, guess what we're doing next week? Right. Now it's just going to be another right. uh, wild thing going on. So, uh, like, uh, well, now I'm recalling the. Uh, the Midnight Ex- the original Midnight Express versus who the Samoan SWAT team or whatever. Okay. Uh, loser has to leave town like the loser of the fall. Yes. And so that's why they brought in Jack Victory because Randy Rose just said, eh, "I'm not doing this job." Screw yeah, right. You. Get me. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So what about this? And now this is kind of a heady concept here. <laughs> yeah. Is there? I'm thinking of the gimmick match. Not so much teeth. Of the empty arena match. Right? Oh, that was stupid. Okay, but hold on, though. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, but I said it. The empty arena match is stupid. It is dumb. I agree. However, the, I don't know if it probably wasn't the first one, but probably the most famous one is the Jerry Lawler, Terry Funk, yeah. the blinding of the eye. That was probably the first one. So after that, it almost seems like... Cause if there was like to me, that's the best of them. Like I don't think there is any you right. could look at. In a, but like, where do you go from there? It's almost like I think that's an interesting one. Like what what's it? What happens when you have the main one turns out so great? But, I don't know that it turned out so great. It was just it was different. Lance Russell smoking. I loved that. Sure. No, because it felt. They did the little touches yeah, that yes. made it like very. The fact we're like we should probably just wrap up because it doesn't seem like Lawler's showing up. So we're right. gonna get to, let's yeah. go one more look. Yeah, I get all that. Like I think that they handled it really well. But I agree with what you said that they couldn't go anywhere with it. Right, and I think that was just a Terry Funk idea. He's like, no, no, we got to do this. We got to do this. But and then they did it, and right again, and, where do you go unless? Funk comes back. Ostensibly, Funk should come back with an eye patch, managing people against Lawler until you find out he wasn't really blinded. Right, right. You know, which leads to the match that you charge people for instead of giving it away for free. Yes. Who was the? I'm drawing a blank. Who, who was uh, the blinded? Someone did a blind angle in NWA or uh, Jim Crockett, and then they faked it and then took the bandage off and attacked. Do you remember? No, but I know that there were several gimmicks, like somebody rubbed a cigar into the mighty Igor's eye. Yeah. And stuff like that. I'm I'm not remembering. 
Not sure on that one? Yeah, I'm I not sure on that one. Maybe someone will help us out there in uh, fandom that we'll be able to. Uh, Chris Adams was blinded when he got ink. But didn't he do? Did he do it then at some point though, where he had the blindfold on, or no. he had the patch on, and then like he faked, like he took it off and attacked Von Eric or somebody? No, 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 that never happened. Okay, no, because when he was blinded, that's when Gino Hernandez died. I know that, and I know like listen. And then Chris Chris Adams went to jail for headbutting a the co-pilot. stewardess, right? Yeah, or co-pilot or the co-pilot, yes. Um, and I know too, like people are gonna be like, "Oh, Sandman called the did stewardess it. a I cunt." Yes. Uh, I know Sandman did an ECW, but we're not talking nineties. We're not we're not in any of that stuff. Um first blood matches. What do you think about those? Do they have to really juice good for it to really have impact? A first no. blood match? Or do you think it would just be as simple as just like a nice little and then you're good? Well it depends on how good a bleeder the person is. Would you do you think that it's necessary to have a good bleeder in a first blood match? Uh for visual, yeah. I mean, you should, or the person should be able to get decent color. Uh, that's one of the problems with the Luger Flair match that they had in Philadelphia. They had to get stopped by the athletic director, okay, or, or athletic commissioner, was because Luger didn't like somebody. I cut myself more shaving than Luger got there, but he didn't want to dig the blade in. Yeah. So it was just they kind of had a be right. like, oh, there's something there, and that's uh, funny thing for a first blood match on a local level. One of the first cards I went to as a fan for Mid American uh, was a first blood match, and somebody chopped Hardcore Craig across the chest and had the gigger on their finger and cut his chest open. Shut up! <laughs> so serious? they had to say, no, the blood needs to come from the forehead. Oh, you know, geez. Like, well, no, that's blood right there. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Wow. I've always worried about that with those types of matches. They Why is that? Screw it up. Yeah. Because someone would accidentally get. Because the whole idea is that you're trying to get someone bloodied. Right. So if you accidentally do it, you know you're kind of screwed. Right. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Have, have you ever done a first blood match? No. No. I don't believe so. Um, ha- could no, no. I can say no. I in haven't. all your years of wrestling. Oh, okay. All these no, all these on the local level, having never moved out of the Midwest. Could you? I mean, have you bled in like in a worked bleed in matches? Have you? Would you say you've done it more than ten times? No, it's about there. About that, right? Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Yeah, I didn't see you as one that would. Yeah, I'm not slicing it, but I do have gig marks. Do you really? Yeah, can't see them in this lighting, but. Nice. Maybe if you do, you feel good about them. Like you like them. No, it's kind of silly. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, it's there. Yeah, like what I do to myself type thing. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, I could I could see that. Um, but so I don't have the uh, the head like a car tire. Right. Like there's that one that one picture of Bruder, Bruiser Brody that's just taken in slight light from the side, and you can see the shadows and the divots on his head. It's awesome. That's always amazing to me. Oh, uh, that's well. That's every night digging for gold. Right, right. Um, what about uh, fans bring the weapons? Is that just foolishness? Yeah, and that's a modern deal. Yeah, it's more modern than anything. Well, else. modern-ish because uh, is it in Gary Hart's book? He talks about Killer Carl Cox, like loser gets shoved in a garbage can match so okay. they, they encouraged fans to bring their 
most hideous garbage that they could and put that all in a can, which of course led to the baby face somehow losing and getting put into the garbage. Sure, to, sure. To keep the deal open. So when you have like container-based matches like that, dumpster matches, <laughs> casket matches. Uh, these are all... These are all modern. Yes. I mean, it's all geared towards somehow getting put into the vessel. What uh, What about a stretcher match? Is that still considered fairly modern? No. That would have been, that's something that's been around for a while. Yeah. Ever do one of those? No. No, not your thing? I, I don't know anybody that could afford a stretcher. Yeah, that's a good point, especially in indie wrestling. It's like... You gotta you gotta come up with the stretcher and and to be able to use it makes perfect sense. And then of course we go to and we love it. Uh things on a pole. Yes. Uh what is your go to pole thing? Is it the glove? Yeah. It's gotta be the coal miner's glove. Yes. The yeah, look at that picture of Bruiser Brody. That's a forehead. That's a great picture of him, by the way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. With the slight shadow. Like that picture it looks, looks like it could have been taken last week. Looks like a tire. Yeah. That's that's a that's a forehead and a half there. That's pretty wild. Do you your approach to gimmicks or gimmick matches, when someone asks you, are you hesitant? Are you just like whatever? What, what's the payday? And yeah. that's that, right? Yeah, because it's Without sinking myself to everybody I work for, with the structure of monthly wrestling, it's hard to build that story like it would be with weekly wrestling. Sure. So you can still do it, but it's got to be painted in much broader strokes than you could with the convenience of weekly television. Yes. So. And you uh, you recently did a street fight, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and With how, my protege. Yes. How did you feel that went? Uh, it was an all right series. Yeah, and but it was b- built to it. It wasn't just like uh, yeah, yeah. It was a sequential. I was allowed a little freedom with that. Was that the blow off? Uh, the deal with the thumbtacks was the blow off. I recall. Oh, here's a good story. In that series of matches, um, we were building up to like we'd had our first match. We had our first or second match. I think we're going in the third one where to keep the deal going, I had to get some color. You know, okay, I, I sure. had to bleed for the match. So we had it all laid out. I had my spots laid out, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, like the second or third match, we look and the guy comes to the back and he's got a head full of color. Okay. And it's like, who told you to do that? Well, nobody. Like, why the did you do that then right well i just thought it would add something to the mat but here's where some guy going to business for himself that removes the impact of me getting color later in the show 100 percent. which is the you know for lack of a better term the storyline reason that was going on it was just like what the you know just some idiot that wanted to show off for people in the crowd Right in a tag match suddenly says okay hit me with this chair and i'm gonna get sauce all over my face it's like who told you to do that? Why would you do that? You know, that that's the reason you don't do that. Even on a indie show, um, is it protocol to be like, hey, I would like to get color. You don't just go out, of course, and just do it. Exactly. Because, you know, ostensibly every show has got a booker or a director or somebody doing the show. You have to preserve these right. things. 
And I personally prefer a more tightly booked show that says, okay, the finish is, the, the main event is finishing this way, so nobody can do this. Uh, this match ends like this, so nobody can do that. It, it, then you don't get the repetitive matches. Right. Do you think that uh, if there is a gimmick match, should it be a main event? Or sh- is it like a... No, usually it gimmick could be. be. A lot of times I see a lot of people use it just before intermission. Yeah, that's so they can clean out the ring. And they can get everything cleaned up. Yeah, so it, no, it doesn't have to be the main event. There was a... I went and saw matches last summer. And no, they, just wait. You're also referring to matches that have a gimmick as opposed to... You know, a loser leave town match, right? Or right. Something yeah, not that something that's just have... ba- yeah, that that's basic. Yeah, something that actually has something in it that's gonna be yeah. need to be cleaned up or swept up. We watched uh, an indie show last summer where I believe it was the first or second match they did. It was like a tornado tag team hardcore match, and you want to talk about the wind coming out of the sails out of a venue? Yeah, the having to clean up the ring after thumbtacks and tables and. Everything was busted up after the second match. Probably took yep. ten minutes. Yep, and you could just feel the energy just subside in the room. It was because so you've bad. already, you've already, yeah. It was it was pretty. It's out an of out, yeah. It's an out of order build. Yeah, didn't didn't make much sense. I thought that was a strange spot and for shit it, on the rest of the show. Right. Yeah. Right. Because even when later on in the show, I believe there was some another kind of a hardcore match. It's too and, much and already. Wh- at that yeah. Point. Why should there be? Right. Uh, what did you think when you were younger watching retirement matches? People, and I'm not talking about like the flair retirement. Uh, no, match, you didn't. I didn't see a lot of retirement. You didn't matches. see anything like that, or, or no. uh, what about loser leave town stuff? Did you see a lot of that? No. I kind of feel like I would always come into whatever wrestling was on and be like, oh, so now this must have happened a couple weeks ago. Yeah, like here's, I felt like I either missed it or and. Yeah, but as far as. <laughs> Well, again, back when I would have watched it, you wouldn't see the loser leave town on TV. They would just elude that it happened. Yeah. It was never an yeah. actual... Yeah, and Bill Watts did that, but he was the exception to the rule. Yeah. Why would they not share it on TV, though? Because he wanted you to pay to go see it. Well, right. But even after... So after it happened, it would still, like, we're not going to show it. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Because it's done and you need to sell the next week's show. So the only so the only time you feel that they ever really showed, especially in the Jim Crockett stuff, they the time that they only really sold or showed footage from things that happened if it was like major milestones yeah. that uh that occurred during the that show. Yes. Okay. Or something that they could sell moving forward. Sure. Now as you're getting older here, uh. um do you, are you less likely to to do gimmick style matches? As, I mean, and, and I'm not talking about it, it's 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 it, all the same. It's all the same. Yeah. Do you? Uh, but I'm not going to go out and slice and dice just for the hell of it. Right. Right. Or like take a, a slam on a ladder or anything like oh, that. No. No, just not your. I'm going to do that thing. shit. I don't. I'm just asking. Yeah. Just asking it, for a friend. That's fine. No, I won't take the. Eh, that's one of the deals. I won't give that to anybody because I won't take it. Right. But I also feel that respect is the wrong word, but people know what they're getting with me, so they're not going to ask something For something like that, that, right. No one's ever asked you to just completely go out of character and do something? No. No one's ever been like, oh, this would be great. You should totally come back as like a hardcore guy? No, nobody has ever said that. (laughs) I don't know. 
Has anyone <laughs> ever asked you to do something that you thought was like uh, no way? Like it's like yes, pushing the line. Well, stuff I wouldn't do. Yeah, like I match recently where I had to use thumbtacks. Yes, where the finish was I was supposed to slam my opponent in the thumbtacks, and I didn't want to do it because I wouldn't take it. Yeah, because I'm not going to do that. But no, the guy was all for it, so did it three times. <laughs> <laughs> he was all for it, so then we went for it. Yeah, triple. Yeah, but you, uh, yeah, but again, that's not something I won't. I won't ask somebody to take something I won't. I wouldn't take. So. Sure. But if they offer it up and be like, "Hey, do it," you'd be you're okay with it. Uh, I was kind of like, "Are you sure about this? You know, sure. this is disfiguring." Oh yeah, sure, okay. So okay, so rapid fire, and then we're gonna wrap it up. I'm gonna just throw out a bunch of different rapid match- fire with Sonny Chiba. Yes, I'm gonna and, throw out some. Uh, match- Abdullah the Butcher was in that movie too. Was he really? Yep. Would you ever work him? Abdullah? Yeah. Not anymore. He's too old. Well, would you have worked him back in the day? No. <laughs> <laughs> not, not anymore, and no, never. Well, no, but that's also, again, that's not my kind of match. Right. Um, what, what would be the point of putting Jack Briscoe in a match with Abdullah the Butcher? Shock value. Why? Because you have Jack Briscoe, who's a pure wrestler and a collegiate athlete. And yeah. all of a sudden, like he gets put in this scenario that's not up his alley, and he just gets... Um, the, the gets carved of, apart. Gets carved apart, but then it finds a way to pull something off at the end that gets him a win, or at least that he's standing on equal ground. Fantastic, but I'm not seeing any of the wrestling ability of Jack Briscoe. And he gets hepatitis in the in the meantime. Well, we didn't Allegedly. know about it. Back. Yeah, we didn't know about it back then. Is what you know. Right, but yeah. same as working the Sheik. It's like, uh, no, you can put any schlub in there to get sliced and diced up. You Did know? you have you known a lot of guys to work with uh, Abdullah? Matt Winchester locally did. Okay, gotcha. Did you but, talk uh, to him about that? Not in years. Okay. I mean, it, that was that was at least ten years ago. I mean, I remember taking a picture of the bathroom floor after Matt got done cleaning up because it looked like somebody had slaughtered a sheep. It was that crazy. Yeah. Oh, and I gave the uh, I gave Abby the blades to cut. Oh, nice. Yeah, but Abby, it, to date, Abby is the only old timer that would not do the Jim Barnett impression. Really? Yeah. But yeah, oh yeah, we talked about that and that, I got bleeped right. out, so never mind. All right. So I'm gonna throw some <laughs> stuff at you here, okay? okay? I'm not asking for stories, just either yes or no. Okay? Okay. All right. So you ever done a ladder match? No. Okay. Have you ever been hit with a kendo stick? Maybe. Okay. Ever been put through a table? Yes. Ever done some kind of a tape fist match? Yes. Steel cage match. Yes. Have you ever done a like a stretcher match or any kind of, like I said, like a container type base match where you get put in something like a casket? No. How many battle royals do you think you've competed in? A million. It's been that that many. Yes. Um, Ever done a straight hardcore match that's been billed as a hardcore match? Yes, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't what you're thinking. So here's what I imagine too. Though I got to say, I imagine the you, important lesson I sure. learned from that is if somebody puts a garbage can over your head and goes to hit it with something, yes, don't bother bracing your ribs. Just put your hands over your ears. Oh, because of the gong. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I imagine though that if someone's like Derek, let's do, you should do a hardcore match. I could totally see you embracing the Tully Blanchard tight jeans. 
cowboy Oh, that's what boots. I wore for my street fight. Yeah. Did you the, did you wear the kerchief around the neck? No. Oh, that would have been awesome. No, but it would knee pads on the outside Side, and work right. boots and stuff. Uh, I could totally imagine you doing that. All right. Have you ever done a Falls Count Anywhere match? I don't think so. What about a flag match? No. Um, Wait. I have not done, but my good friend the Russian has one coming up soon. Yes. Very nice. What about a handicap match? Like uh, Absolutely. Where you are you against multiple people or you're one of the multiple people against one? Multiple people. Yeah, we've actually lost handicap matches. Have you really? Quinton and I lost to Colonel Blatnick. Fun. Yeah, whatever. Yes. Ever done an Iron Man match? Yes. Against who? Matt Winchester. We went 30. How was it? I loved it. That's awesome. I think that's really great. Uh, lumberjack match, been in one or been a lumberjack? Both. All right. Ever been involved in a brawn panties match? Now, I don't mean that like I'm not trying to be like a not joke. Not in like, wrestling. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't trying to make a joke. I just didn't know if there was ever an angle you were involved in with no, that. No, no. You've never done a tuxedo match? No. Have you ever done an arm wrestling match? I believe I have one scheduled coming up. Uh, ever done any kind of like Olympic Greco-Roman style, like just no. some kind of nothing? Uh, well, uh, we have done the European rounds. Okay. And... As a heel, I did the no closed fist punches, which, of course, led to me throwing closed fist punches. Right. Right. Which but, makes sense. But nothing nothing ex- exceedingly amateur because despite the bravado, I really don't have much of a background in that sure. respect. It's just Fair what enough. Learned. Ever been hit or touched with <laughs> barbed wire? No. No. Have you ever been involved with a match ahead of barbed wire? No. Ever participate in a fans bring the weapons match? Yes. First blood? No. Last man standing? Maybe. Have you ever worked a no count out match into one of your matches? I don't mean a no disqualification, like somehow that the no count out thing had it, like it was a stipulation that played into it. Uh, I think so. Possibly. Yeah. Any kind of ever do a submission match? Yes. Um, ever done like a loser leave town where you've been? Yes. Run out. Okay. Yes. As a, uh, yeah, I did one for Kurt where I lost and then proceeded to drag in a chair and have a small match with a chair because uh, Saint Holmes doesn't get kicked out of anything. He walks out a winner. That's awesome. I think that's a great way to actually leave off. Yeah. That you leave out. You leave. You are a winner. Yeah. Thanks. And I think I speak for Kyle when I say I agree. You are definitely a winner. Thanks, Jay. Well, you know that's the kind of friendship and camaraderie. <laughs> Kyle's over there here. going, "Fuck this guy. He does not speak for me." That's true. I don't speak for him, especially about the Avengers. But oh, anyhow, so Derek, this is fun. It's a nice insight. Sometimes I like to take these opportunities just to talk to you about your opinions and your views. You realize these epic movies are just based on stories that a bunch of Jews threw together so that they could pay the rent that week. Uh, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Jewish. Yeah, okay. No, I didn't. The entire Marvel bullpen, Jewish. At first, I was missing the point of what you're saying. I completely agree with you on that. But at first, it just sounded very anti-Semitic and like you were just coming at Jewish Hollywood or something. No, not not even Hollywood. I know. I'm coming at the comic books and those guys. Exactly. Yep. Um. Have you ever wrestled a Jew? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Several times. 
Yes. Several Jews. Yes. Not just not just one. No. They they are in the business, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle didn't know that. <sighs> what do they call it? Is he a shiksa? What would they call no, that's, him? That's that's a girl. That's the that's uh They okay. call him the white devil. Yes. That's that's Kyle. That's Kyle's new nickname. Young White Devil. That's not bad actually. Yeah, Young White Devil. I think we can run with that one. Y- All right. YWD coming so, on strong. This, this is how we roll real, in the five took, three one one zero. This Woo. took a real weird, weird turn at the end here. So I'm just going to take this opportunity to wrap it up and say white, thank you to everybody. Young White Devil going to drag you down. Speaking of, uh, I can't even speak straight here. Baddest hey, MF are coming through this town. Send us questions. Next episode will be a questions and answers episode. So please send us questions. Derek will give some answers. Yeah, I'll make some of them. I'll chime in with something possibly funny, maybe not. And put himself over. Yes. Kyle will uh, not know what we're not talking about. Not what we're about. talking about, but ask insightful questions that keep the program moving on. So we appreciate that. Uh, so this is uh, your co-host, Jay Gilke, speaking for Derek St. Holmes Esquire and the Young White Devil. Kyle. Yo, yo. Rate, review. Uh, recommend us to your friends. We will see you soon. Cigars and Conversations signing off. Send cash. Mm-hmm.